it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. Both of your co-hosts are back and as good as ever. AJ, what's up? Not much. Feeling good. You know, as good as ever, I would say. Uh, we'll say we're going to do kind of an extended state of the game segment today. Uh, we're going to kind of, since the official Michigan golf season is over, we're going to look back at our goals for the year, do a little measuring stick on ourselves, and uh, you know, see what's next. We've got to decide on goals for next year, but what, what the off season is going to look like. It'll look uh, like golf in some cold, cold weather and some screen time. We do have uh, the no pin open. Yeah, got a little. Uh, should have a little match. I believe we're going to be paired together. So maybe a little uh, reverse rackham, perhaps. Yeah, Man scramble. Get the pod boys playing together. Yep, we just might. Um, but first, I had the greens revenge, greenskeeper revenge at Sanctuary Lake last week. I, I saw some of the videos. The weather was pretty solid, like about as good as you can expect. The every that that outing is a lot of fun because even though even though you go in there expecting to just be completely boned on the greens it's even worse than you expect it's worse than you expect and you get to watch other people just like i put in the comment of one of the posts uh, check out our instagram twitter and threads at 100 underscore keep it under uh i think the way i put it was Watch people slip slowly into madness. <laughs> like there was this guy. So we played in eight sums. Okay, that was my question. The eight sums. It was eight sums, which they've only done that like one other time. Did they do that for? I think they do it balance, or did they do it because there was a ton of people wanting to play. Uh, no, because it was labeled A and B, so it, I think it was the same as it okay. was before. But I think competitive balance because you probably had people complaining. Yeah. Um, but one of the guys that was in our group hit so many good putts and burned so many edges and the ball would just come back to his feet and you would just see his eyes just roll back in his head like he's <laughs> a dead man. Um, but every every green, there was about six holes where they put the cup about two inches from the fringe. So it was on a fault line. So you're either like putting from the fringe, chipping, or you're putting like down a slope at something that's like right against the fringe. And some of the holes, it looked like they cut them with a pair of scissors because they were about two-thirds the size of a normal hole. Oh, so they made tiny holes? Some of them. There was like three of them that were like that. Okay. And then the rest of them were on... There was maybe three holes that were like normal-ish. Like normal holes where you would get on a green and be like, man, if I miss this, this could be tough. It could be dangerous. There was like three of those. The other 12 were like, if I miss this, it's not going to be closer than 20 feet. Um, most of them are, a lot of the balls get to the same spot, but you have like a anywhere from 18 feet to 30 feet where you're putting up a slope, and if the ball doesn't go in, it's coming right back to you. Okay. Um, but the, our second hole of the day, so Sanctuary Lake, we started on 14. Which okay. is the one with the lake all the way up the left. Yeah, it's yeah. like you can almost drive the green if you cut the lake. Yeah. But like as your first tee shot of the day, Probably when not it's cold, that. not ideal. I got I was our fourth hitter. I had to get up as our fourth hitter with three, no balls in play. three balls in the water. I had to go back <laughs> to three wood and like flirt with the tree line. We ended up having to chip. Um but anyway. The the eight some we had a nice little seven-hour round of golf. I would probably kill myself. It didn't seem that long until the end, but every time I looked at the clock, I was like, holy shit, it's been like three and a half hours. Time you tee off. So that was the other thing that pissed me off is the um, the, annou- the opening announcements. So it was supposed to tee off at 9.30. So like 9.15, they get on the mic and they're like, about 10 minutes, everyone could just make start making it to their carts. We'll do a couple of announcements, get you guys out there. 9.30 rolls around. All right, guys, head to your carts. We'll uh, we'll do announcements in a couple minutes, and we'll get you guys out there. Then he did it again 10 minutes later. and th- So we're rolling on 9.45, and this guy hasn't even made the announcements yet. And then amazes me every single time, especially in outings like this, where you know you're signing up for something crazy, you have to explain a scramble format. Like, I don't know who's signing up for these outings. 
I don't understand for any scramble format. It needs to be explained. The scramble. Format. I'm fine with it if it's a charity scramble, and you know you got you probably have some people that never even played golf before playing in it just to give money, but not something like this. There are not people like that playing in this outing. There, you mean it's just nothing but golf sickos there. Exactly. Um, so we started off <laughs> like if these guys wanted to bet us, they probably would have bet us about a thousand dollars a person after the first two holes. <laughs> Because we hit like zero good shots. <laughs> On our second hole of the day was a par three and it had one of the little cups. We missed the green. Well, both teams missed the green. It was like a 160 yard par three that was playing into the wind. Mm, nice. We had to chip. And our par putt was about three feet all fringe to one of these little holes. And our first three putters all missed. And then I, I made it on the as the fourth putt. But if they would have bet us at that point... They would have bet us at least a thousand dollars a piece. They're probably minus five hundred. And then time. we proceeded to go birdie, birdie, eagle, and we're four under through six. Okay. Uh, we got to six under at one point. We'll start falling off. No, we made one double. What was the team? It was you, Yacht, Rock, and Ryan. CJ. Oh, CJ. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rock's first like six tee shots went about a hundred feet total. Um, he no was, range time. He was not having a day. Uh, his his kid was sick, so I think he slept like an hour the night before. I'm surprised he still came. Yeah, he uh, he texted me at like five thirty. Said the kid hasn't gone to bed yet. I'm just gonna take him for a drive. <laughs> he just was driving around at five thirty without sleep. Um, so we made a double on number eleven oh, of wolf. the. I think there was like thirty two teams. Thirteen of the teams doubled. It was a double max, doubled number 11. It's a par 5. Oh, nice. The pin was just nasty. I hit a chip, like a spinny chip. It skipped and stopped about 3 feet from the hole. It was 35 feet from the hole when it stopped. <laughs> our closest our closest chip for eagle was 20 feet, uh, kind of even left of the hole. Our next putt, at, so that was our birdie putt. Our closest par putt was 35 feet back on the oh other side of the hole. God. And then we just run after run after run at it, and we didn't make it. So we made double, ended up shooting five under. I think we I think we were tied fifth or solo fifth. There was three teams at seven under, one team at six. Okay. Respectable. Yeah, not bad. We didn't really leave that many out there. I, ho- I hold out for birdie on a par four. <laughs> we were, uh, we had like 110 yards and all missed the green. So our best shot was like, God, how far out were we? How how badly did you all miss the green here? If bad. your immediate answer was, I mean, it was like ten thir- yards away. No, it was like thirty so yards because we had two that were closer, but they were short sighted for where this pin was. It was yeah. going to be impossible. So we took a chip that was like thirty thirty five yards short of the green in the fairway. Okay, a little chunky boy. Yeah, and I hit it. Two skipper went past the pin and then came back. And oh, went in. A little English! Shot. It wasn't because of the English; it was because of the slope of the green. <laughs> and then it was funny because it was the old uh, match play switcheroo. Those guys were on the green from fifteen feet putting for birdie, and they three putted for bogey, and we made birdie, okay. and we missed the green. Um, could you imagine a greenskeeper revenge say at the loop? Although it was borderline, you'd, some of those pins you'd have that, to, that the duel were, were I mean, borderline you could, greenskeeper You could advantage. set it like max eight, and people would get eights on like every hole. Because <laughs> there'd be some... I mean, the winning score would be like 98. Because <laughs> they have... I mean, there's places on those greens where you can't stop the ball. Correct. Yeah, I mean, they're probably... And with the speed of those greens, it's not like you can just slam it in the hole. 80% of those greens, are they have spots that a ball's never going to be yeah. stopping ever. Yeah. Be interesting. Something yeah. To, something to reach out about. Maybe, <laughs> we, can, maybe we can talk to them, talk them into a greenskeeper revenge there. Some real nasty people. Also, I had no clue that the Arcadia Bluffs is still open to play right now. Yeah, it's open until it snows, basically. Yeah. I've, I've played it in October many times. Oh, but the South isn't. Well, it's really now, yeah. Oh, I so wonder. I was looking today because you can book twenty twenty four tea times. I wonder so if I, they're redoing something though. Could be. So I booked us 
little 420 tea time up there. I like that. Did they, yeah, the the value or the the weather's a risk, but the value of playing both those courses for like 200 bucks total is yeah. incredible. And I mean, you could end up with 35 degrees, or you could end up with like 60. I mean, we played in like this year we did it, it was like 67 yeah. to start. Got a little cold at the end, but right. well worth the gamble. All right. Well, Another course that'd be look. crazy for Greenskeeper's Revenge. True, true. All right, let's jump into our 2023 official golf season review. So November 1st, official Michigan golf season is done. R.I.P. So let's, so let's review what our goals were for this season. Talk about kind of equipment changes or swing changes that we went through. You know, if you got stats or whatever, and then we'll just give ourselves kind of an overall grade and talk like off-season plans. Okay. Do you so, want me to recap my goals first? Let's do that first. So my five goals uh, were sub-75 at Shores. <clears throat> Did not get that. Okay, X. Uh, didn't even break 80 at Shores this year. Shot 80 twice. You didn't break 80 this year? No, I shot 80 twice. Wow. Yeah. Didn't you do it like three times last year? No, I only did, uh, I think, twice last year. Okay. Um, I wanted to get to sub-10 handicap. Didn't get there. Okay. Got as low as like a 12.5, and I think I might have a 13 right now. The okay. uh, What would you just start the year at? I think I started the year at like 14. Okay. Just down the so still still got better. Yeah. 40 different courses. I think I got to 25 is what I got to earlier. Okay, that's not bad. Counting. So I guess the trouble with the 40 different courses is I play in two leagues. So that's like a big chunk of the golf I'm going to be playing. Right. So it's tough to get out there. So i got to make more of a uh, pointed effort, effort. Yeah, yeah, towards it. Win the Paul Romeo League. Eh. Did, did not. Didn't even make playoffs. That was a, it was a much more balanced league this year. Yeah. So we had some good matches. Some people took some bigger steps in their golf game than I did and got ahead of me. Yep. Slater Cup MVP. I'm going to count this as a partial win because I was Team Mexico MVP. And I went four and zero. So that's a that's overall a, MVP different. Rick Rick took that home. I don't know. I know. I don't know. But I went for did my job. Got a Mexican MVP. It's like a half half win right there. Half star. Okay. All right. Fair. What uh, what new equipment and or swing changes did you make at all this year? Didn't uh. Swing change is not a lot. My setup's a little bit different with uh, the driver okay. and the new driver, which I new driver shaft. So all the clubs are the same. Shaft is new on the driver. Um, I kind of got rid of the uh, like little quarter swing at the start to kind of set myself okay. off the tee. Got rid of that. And the big thing in terms, of not really. It's more of a setup. A lot of setup changes. Putting. I got rid of the practice strokes. I did, I did that as well. Just because I, I I think I may have sent it to you, but the Colin Morikawa like video of like when people you, when you practice stroke on putting like it doesn't really help you, and then you're just trying to like replicate that in your head right. where like that's not really doing anything. Where you should just be focused on right. line and you're pace. focusing on the practice stroke when you should yeah, be focusing focus on, on the yeah, putt at hand. Yep. So that was a, a big change. I think. I mean, the putting. Knock on wood. I haven't had like. I haven't had any really bad cases of terrible putting, with the exception of being on camera yeah. occasionally. The yeah. camera scares me. That's Putter's right. a little shy. Um, but no real like major swing overhauls, nothing like that. Just I think I've accepted I'm never gonna get like down to like a five handicap or below or anything. So well, you did go what thirty nine days without hit, swinging a club in I did do September that. October. Uh, one thing I will say is I, I shot in the nineties all way lo- way less than I did the previous year. So most of my scores are in the 80s, which okay. is so you, so you raised your floor, so to speak. Raised my floor, so I don't have I no longer have that 30 shot gap. Did you shoot over 100 this year? You did. Uh, I did at the loop the one time. Okay, but that barely counts. That bar- yeah, I mean that was a a jacked up uh, yeah jacked up there. And in terms of stat keeping, we're gonna go over my stats. Not great. Okay. My my I think my biggest area of improvement for next year. I don't hit very many greens. My chipping saves me a lot, like my around the green work, but I did I think I hit like under twenty percent greens this year. What is it what does your cam say? I'm pulling it up right now. 
So, Gur, 25%. Okay. Uh, fairway, 45%. And then average putts, 32.4 in the round. Okay. So, basically, just bogey golf. 4.19 on par 3s, 4.5 on par 4s, 5.8 on par 5s. So, if I can get my Gur percentage up, I should see the handicap and scores go down. Because my, my one putt percentage went from 21% to 30%. Oh, wow. And I went from averaging one up and down around to two and a half. So okay. around the green has been... But if your GER percentage went down, then you're, you'd think your up and down should go up. Correct. I mean, my GER percentage went from, I think, uh, 45 to 43. So there wasn't much of a difference there. Um, it also helps that, like, playing shores and rack them a lot like you you learn the you're you're just so in tune with the greens that like you can you know get it get a lot closer on those chips i know those courses really well so that also has something to do with the inflated one putt stats but right right onward and upward that your one putt percentage comment reminded me to pull that into my uh stats that i pulled here so i just wanted to double check that Okay, so before we do the... Uh, so why don't we just do that then? Let's finish off your stuff. So if you were to grade yourself, not just on your goals, but on your overall play for the season, what would you give yourself? Probably like a B-. minus. That's probably fair. I would say nothing like... No, like, again, like no spectacular rounds, like in like where I'm shooting in the 70s, but also I, I mitigated the the blow-up rounds, so more consistent. I mean, raising, raising the floor is good. Yeah, I would agree. You know, looking to run back the uh, Slater Cup performance of 4-0 next year. Far, uh, having far less days where you're playing holes with a, with a dry, all with a driver by, like, yeah. the 15th hole. Yeah, it's miserable. That's miserable, yeah. All right. Okay, so my goals were uh, handicap under a three by the end of the season. Um... Under 32 putts per round, 75% fairways, um, and then just a general uh, kind of goal of just focus and commit to every shot every round. How do you think you did with that one? I think I did well. The, the, the wrench that got thrown in that is like my irons just went to shit for a good two-month stretch in the middle of the season. Beautiful. And then, like, kind of right after Slater Cup, because I was averaging, like, a shank and a half, almost two shanks around for about a good two months. The full-on Rick. Like, Rick's good for at least one or two shanks around. Yeah. But, like, right after Slater Cup, I figured out that I was just standing too close to the ball with every club in the bag. <laughs> and then once I did that, I don't think I had another one the rest of the year. Yeah. So, and then the iron game has gotten a lot better coming, you know, into the outings and, you know, this back half of the year and the playoffs and all that. So, uh, anyway, handicap started the year at last year. I was 3.6. Where the fuck did I make that note? Oh, I started the year at a 3.5, ended the year at a 3.9 last year. Um, and I wanted to get under a three. I had the same goal last year. I'm actually at 2.4 right now. There we go. And got as low as a 2.2 for about two weeks in July. So pretty solid. I was at 32.2 putts per round last year. Uh, I am at 32.1 this year. So better, but did not achieve the goal of under 32 putts a round. I would say in general I probably putted about the same as last year, but... Uh, like you, towards the end of the year, I took out the practice swings. Yeah. And I think I've been a lot better inside of 10 feet, which was one of my goals from last year. Uh, fairway percentage. I was 73% last year, which overall is pretty good. I just wanted to possibly get that up a little going into this year. Um, I'm actually at 71% this year, so I went down 2%. But I'm also hitting a lot more driver than I have probably in any year in the past five years so i think hovering that above 70 percent while hitting a lot more driver and being closer to the green giving myself more birdie looks i overall i think that's good uh some other stats that i had up and downs 
I went from 2.9 and 21 to 3.1 per round in 22. I'm hovering right at 3 per round in... Um, Not bad at all. 23. It's a little saves. My GER percentage is kind of right in the same ballpark. I was 54% last year. I'm actually at 53% this year. Um, you, uh, I am. I was nine. I'm 93% basically the last two years. Two putts are better. My one putt percentage went from 29% or 27% to 29% this year. So that's good. My par three, par four, and par five scoring is almost identical. Overall, it's the same the last two years. Like my par three scoring went from 342 to 338. My par four scoring is exactly 4.3 both years. Okay. And my par five scoring actually went up from 5.2 to 5.22. Yeah, it's a little bit of difference there. That's how you got down to that, you know, that two, two four, two six, whatever you're at now, handicap wise. So which doesn't really make sense because my par five scoring went up. I get the point four. My my par three scoring went down, which is great. I well, have, you also I shot have, like a sixty nine this year as well. So that's gonna yeah. My I, so par or better was sixty six percent of the holes last year. It's only sixty three percent this year, but my birdie percentage went up and my double or worse percentage went down. So last year I was 57% par or better. Sorry, 57% pars, 29% birdie or better, 9% bogey, and 5% triple or or double or worse. This year I'm 52% par, so that went down. But my birdie percentage went up 4%, and my bogey percentage went up 2%, and now my double or worse percentage is essentially gone. You love that. I'm making far less doubles or worse and i'm making more birdies so all around translate to translates to better scoring do you think you can get down to a to a zero eventually here in the next couple years i think i can the only question is going to be is if i can play enough and practice enough i think i think i'd have to play even more than i do now i probably play on average three times a week from april to the end of august I pro- if I could add a fourth day where I'm practicing, I think I could do it. Okay. But something to think about for the, to think you know, about. next year's goals. Well, at some point, I'm sure I'm going to have a membership somewhere. At least that would be the plan. So if I had that where it was close enough to my house where I could go there two days a week and just practice. I wish we could transport Indian Wood to this area <laughs> because that's yeah. like the greatest deal. They have two courses, good practice facility. Instead, we just have Lockmore. Yeah. Which, I'm assuming they not have a all range. That, still not all that close. Lockmore's, what, it's eight and a half, in, or it's seven and a half in uh, oh, that's right. Harper, or Mac. What was I thinking? I was thinking of Detroit Golf Club. Detroit Golf Club, not that close. That's and in expensive. Ferndale. Very expensive. And um, in Country Club of Detroit, I, even more expensive. Because I knew you had your goal, the 40 different courses, I looked at what I had at, for last year because they have like a rewind in the GAM app oh. for last year. So last year I actually played 34 different courses and I logged 50 actual scores. It doesn't have the rewind for 23 yet, but last year I think I actually played less courses. I would bet that I probably hit 40 courses this year. Probably. Um, I, and I have 43 co- scores logged so far this year. Not obviously including so, outings so and stuff. So, I think it counts the off-season scores because you can no. still put them in there. You can't. You can't put them in there at all. No. Oh. Oh, I, but if I play somewhere else, correct. If you're yeah. playing like anything that's not in the Midwest, right, or Northeast. So we'll see how that goes. And I average my average score was 77 last year with a low of 70. My average score this year is 76 and a half with a low of 69. Nice. So sex number. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I got a new hybrid this year, um, new shaft in the driver. Thank you for the old shaft. Yeah. And I put a new grip on the putter. That was really my only equipment changes this year. Um, Full season with the center shafted. Love it. Still loving it? Well, no, that was my second year. I had it last year. You had it for the full season last year? Yes. I thought you started off... No, I had. Well, maybe you're right. I don't think you start. I think you got it like in. Maybe May. I got it later in the year, like end of May, I think. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I had it for Slater Cup last year. Maybe I got it after that. I. I mean, we could probably look it up on the uh, pods uh, because I yeah. gave you a ton of shit for how stupid it looks. Yeah. 
off the look, but I did switch uh, grips going into this year on the putter. I went from the ping pencil grip to the super stroke, the 2.0. Yeah, got to go a little thicker. Um, swing changes, obviously, we talked about my setup, standing a little farther from the ball, really trying to slow down my takeaway, make a, make a little bit more of a full turn. I wouldn't say that's really a swing change, but... Um, I think there's nothing worse as you become, like, conscious of mistakes in your golf swing or, like, your golf game. Yeah. At least for me, if, like, knowing your transition's far too fast, but also you can do nothing to stop it. In the yeah. Like, that's, like, you're already, that, that thought as you're hitting the ball is, like, I have just swung way too fast here in my transition and completely fucked the shot. Lucas Glover... It's the sweatiest man alive. We have the Worldwide Technologies on right now, and Lucas Glover is like the worst Link Soul ambassador ever because he just sweats through all of their clothes. But anyway. Not very um, moisture-wicking. Overall, I think I would give myself like a solid B um, because I think I got much better with the driver this year, and I think my wedge game actually let me down a little bit because... For as good as I feel like I hit it off the tee, I should have had more scoring looks. And too many rounds where I just didn't make a putt. Where overall I feel like my putting was good, I it just need I just need to make some more putts. I mean, uh, I have to pull up the, the loop rounds. We Some of the worst putting performances ever yeah. at the duel. Again, that's that's an outlier, though. No, I know. It's just like... But I also think like early... I, I, I just remember like the first or second league day. Yeah. I think that I had a round where I had like 42 putts, and you may have had a round with like 44 putts in one round. Got it. <laughs> and still shot like a 78, which is incredible. But you'll find you'll find it all together. Maybe you'll win Slater Cup. Yeah. Uh, my only plans this offseason, I believe, I think I'm going to do a, a loft and lie check on my irons, and I think I'm going to do a, uh, a wedge fitting. I'm, I'm due for new wedges anyway. It's been almost three years. Since I got those wedges, so I'm going to get new wedges anyway. So I'm going to do the fitting and make sure I'm in the right shaft and all that. Other than that, just keep working on the setup. Make sure I'm standing where I should be. Work on my takeaway. And then I think I talked about like working out a lot more and like trying to gain speed last year. I'm done, I, f- I I'm feel done like you that. said in the middle of this year that you've now transitioned to like slowing it down yeah yeah. slowing it down i think i'm going back to like hybrids i want to do more like stability and core work and just work on flexibility i'm done like trying to lift heavy weights we going yoga should we start some yoga in the off season i could be interested a little hot yoga session yeah i'm done trying to move heavy things around i'm too sore i think we had talked about this like uh at the one i mean you and frank it's just like you just need to be functionally strong like why why would i ever need to like I think I saw videos like, why would I ever need to front squat 250 pounds? If I have to front squat that much, like, I'll ask help right. for it. Like, you, right. just, you just need functionality and mobility at this point. Right. Enough mu- t- Tear enough muscle fibers so that you don't get hurt when you're Correct. swinging hard. What about you? What, what's your off-season plans? Um, try to get a couple more outings in. You know, like put a couple yep. we have scheduled. Yep. Probably just play as much sim golf as i possibly can yep and i think more of like the the flexibility um i could always be more flexible yeah. and in better shape so i think that might help the golf game a bit more at this point i think it, so, al- it always will yeah some some stretching i don't think we're in any because they talk about like oh if people start doing yoga you can like you can screw up your golf swing i don't think we're in any danger of like becoming too flexible no and i had this thought a little, i meant to bring it up earlier it's like I don't. I don't think I've ever had a case of like the yips golfing, but I also don't think like if I did, it would just seem like normal inconsistencies to right. me. So at this point, I nothing's really going to detriment my golf well, game more we'll, than myself. We'll revisit it again, but you know, before next season starts, we'll have to come up with goals, and I'm sure that we'll have uh, plenty of uh, simulator content out there this fall. Um, a couple things uh, about the TGL finally coming out uh apparently it's going to be four-man teams six four-man teams uh john rom is officially out uh tgl made a statement he's one of the most talented players in the game we'll miss him during the inaugural tgl season we understand that players have to balance a lot of different facets of their professional and personal lives and respect uh 
John's choices. To be honest, I don't need press releases about who's on what team. Well, I like that they did a press release because I was half expecting him to say he was going to live. And then John Rahm himself put out a tweet basically saying, I just can't make the time commitment right now, which is kind of hilarious because it's Monday nights in the fall and all he would have to do is fly from Arizona to Florida. And it, I doubt he's going to be playing that much this fall anyway. So it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. Hmm. I mean, he, he's talked enough shit about Liv over the, over the time. There's no way that, he's like, going. Yeah. Uh, JT signed with the Atlanta team. Again, I don't. That's not the point. I, I just it's that's just news. That's just facts that I'm putting out there. Rory signed with the Boston team. So the Boston Common Golf team put out a video by Keegan Bradley. So the the Common Golf team, whose logo is a frog, is in uh, Boston. Did I say Boston? I just said Boston. Yeah. The Boston Boston Common Boston? Common Golf team the is common. Rory, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Keegan Bradley, and Adam Scott. I hope that Keegan and Tyrrell are just, like, drunk the entire time. That'd be awesome. Uh, their video wasn't that bad. It was basically just, like... I think Keegan Bradley even talked, like, in a Boston accent. and was, like, a couple of Irishmen on his team. So, I mean, kind of halfway funny. The logo's really dumb. The team colors are dumb. Like, it's very Lib-esque. I'm just hoping that, like, when we get to it and you watch it, they don't, like, take this very seriously at all. So that's my next problem is this Kellen Morikawa video. So the Los Angeles team, it's LAGC, the Los Angeles Golf Club, put out a video of, like, the owner, the manager, the investor, I don't even know who this guy is, called uh, Kellen Morikawa on FaceTime and asked him to join LAGC. And then after the call... This was a quote that was picked up by the mic from Colin Morikawa. I just got chills through my body. I don't think I've ever answered a call like this. I got my Ryder Cup call this year, but I think this tops it almost. Now, do you not think that, that is satire? I really hope it is. That 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 sounds like satire. Because when I first saw it, I thought he meant like he got invited to LA Country Club like as a member. Colin Morikawa should never be a comedian because his delivery I'm, was bad. I'm leaning towards that that is poking fun at like it, live guys. It better be. I would agree. Uh, that would be a bad look. It already is a bad look. Everyone is just shitting on them. But they need to say something. Yeah, that had to have been in jest. I think they need to lean into it. and. I think you gotta go like, yeah, this full... But full like have like a follow-up... Satire. Have like a follow-up video or something and have more cow be like, Come on, guys. Something like that. Like, I don't know. <sighs> Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> Tiger's upping his practice. People are suspecting that he might be playing the PNC or the Hero well, World there's Challenge. Well, there's a spot open. And there's one exemption left in the Hero World Challenge because yeah. Ricky got one. They're, forget who got the other one. There's They're saving one for yeah. a special person. Yeah. So it's either Tiger or, like, Phil. We'll see what happens. A uh, couple things outside of golf. So, I don't know if anyone saw the Giants-Jets game last week. Great game. There's more punts than points. So, this is from Robert Mays at The Athletic. So, this is per True Media. The Giants had a passing success rate of 4.2%. Remember That's, when you said Tyrod Taylor was better than Daniel hurt. Jones? He's not better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones sucks. He does not suck. That offensive line is... A, the 4.2% success rate passing is the worst number since 2000, which is when that data began. There's only one other game below 7.4% and only nine below 10%. And the Giants' one successful drop back was not a pass. It was a seven-yard scramble by Tyrod Taylor. You love to, you love to see that. You know what else you love to see? The sports equinox. Which happened on Monday. It did. Detroit sports. Almost full three, three, three of, of the four. four yeah. But you had baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. All on the same day. It's just the 29th day that it's ever happened. It's beautiful. The Red Wings and the Lions obviously pulled it off. Um, Stones did not. Stones did not. That uh, poor first quarter of theirs. They were down like 12 at the end of the first, and they lost by 12. Yeah. 
The Lions did not have a great day. Too many stupid-ass stupid throw by Goff and some bad turnovers with some fumbles. But um, the defense made Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo kind of look like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, overall I'm happy with it because I believe the the uh, issues inside the 30 can be cleaned up on offense. And well, the bottom line is if you can play a game with that many turnovers and play what appears that poorly and still win the game by two scores, like, you're you're doing all right. I agree, and and there's and there's no guaranteed wins in the NFL. So people are like, oh, it was the Raiders. Like, calm down. Well, so for some context here, this is from Next Gen Stats: the Lions' defense generated pressure on seventy-one point four percent of Jimmy Garoppolo's dropbacks. That's the highest pressure rate by a defense in a game since twenty eighteen. Five different Lions generated generated three plus pressures, and we had six sacks. Yeah, so. the, the concerning thing on offense is stalling in the red zone. Some of that is, I think, Ben Johnson's play calling at times. He, um, it seemed like he was kind of in heat check mode this week. Like one, <laughs> like one too many. I was getting trick like plays. PTSD to the end of the D'Antoni, uh, D'Antoni era, like uh, tight end arounds, tight end arounds, <laughs> like triple passes, things like that. Um, well, the. Uh, the Lions sent the Raiders into rebuild mode because they fired their OC, their head coach, and their GM. Uh, the Raiders moved to Las Vegas from Nate Tice from The Athletic. The Raiders moved to Las Vegas in 2020 and are about to have their fourth acting head coach this week. The Steelers have had less coaches in the last 50 years. Yeah, there's just no consistency there anymore. And then, um, obviously, we want to forget the game against the Ravens last week for the Lions, but I came across this stat and I forgot to read it last week. Um, but Lamar Jackson had more passing yards under duress in that game than anyone has had in history since they started to track that stat. He had 50 more. So Patrick, uh, Carson Palmer had 202 yards under duress, which is just high pressure rate. Yeah. I don't know what the rate is, but that's the stat there. Mahomes had 205. Lamar Jackson had 246. Yeah. The issue with that is like we would create good pressure and kind of keep him in that umbrella and then someone would get a little overzealous and try to like all right i'm gonna make the big sack or i'm gonna like try for the turnover and like he would get outside that yeah and you don't want that to happen no um you're better off just like keeping him in pocket and forcing him to throw into coverage as opposed to broken play and receivers i don't know if it's just the oc but he looks a lot better this year like he looks so calm when he's outside the pocket now like before when he would start running, it looked like he was panicking and just running for his life yeah. and looking for an opportunity to run. Now he's looking for an opportunity to get loose so he can throw it downfield. It also helps that Zay Flowers is playing really well and Bateman is healthy. And well, OBJ has really done. Is healthy. Andrews is healthy, but like Healthy-ish. OBJ, like having there's more of a threat in the passing game this year than there has been in the past couple of years. Yeah, so it helps. Yeah. Uh, two other things I had here. Uh, I just saw, I don't, so, you know, we talked about the Kevin James meme a couple weeks ago. It's a good meme. Oh, it's just coming out of nowhere. Same with these Creed songs oh, and Creed of, memes. Because well, Creed's back, they're going on tour next year. I think it's the opposite. I think this meme, like, spurred them going on tour. They've always been kind of memed, just not to the extent they are now. But listen to this. This is like, they need to come up with, like, a funny name for this tour. Because a lot of people hate these these bands, but I would Who go. Who hates see, Three Doors Down? Daughtry and Creed and Three see, Doors it, Down. I would go see the it, shit. It, out I think of it's this called guy. like the '99 tour or whatever. Right now, Daughtry Summer of '99. Tour. Daughtry wasn't a band until like the early 2000s. Yeah, but he was probably like that was probably when he was on American Idol or something. I he was on American Idol like probably like 2004. Well, either way, I like Daughtry. I'm just saying the name of the thing is... Switchfoot is also going to be there. And Tonic and Big Wreck. Switchfoot, it's got some good songs. Yeah. Fifth season of American Idol. I don't know when that started. Well, anyway. I thought that was interesting. We should... we could dress up in some... 2006 is when you dress up in some 90s gear. I'm not going to that concert. Why not? I hate going to fucking DTE. It's like the worst concert venue. Yeah. For a non-festival. Like, right. Well, before we get into the picks, then i got a joke for you. 
knock knock. It was a, no, it's a tweet. Oh. It's from Samantha Ruddy on Twitter. So it's not your joke? You didn't it's not my this. joke. You didn't prepare this? I just thought it was funny. Okay. <laughs> I saw a strip club across the street from a mini golf place. And I'm liberal, but that's too much for me. What if you're just trying to have a nice afternoon with your family? Then your kids look across the street and I have to see a bunch of losers play a mini golf. <laughs> I, I did see that as well. That's a good tweet. I giggled. I giggled out loud. It's, that's a good one. I was in uh, I was in Tennessee for work this week. Oh yeah, I do. I wish you could. You should have gotten the number of the guy eat, drinking all the milkshakes. I don't want to know because I, I might have to testify if he's dead. Well, anyway, two things about this. One, downtown Nashville is awesome. Have you never been? I've been there one other time, but oh. I we, I went there last night because I stayed by the airport. Went to a couple bars, got some food. Delicious, and the town itself is just awesome. Should let me know. They're giving you some good racks. I've been there. You've been there once. I've been there like 20 times. You've been to Nashville 20 times? Yes. Why have you been to Nashville 20? You don't even like country music. Aaron's One of Aaron's best friends lives there, so we oh. go like twice a year. Interesting. Well, anyway. So we go out. Uh, I'm out to eat with some work people, and this guy sitting next to me, the table next to me, when we got there, he had four milkshake glasses in front of him. We're like, okay, that's weird. Maybe there was like more people. There was two of them sitting at the table. I'm like, all right, maybe their buddies left. So we sit down, and then they bring him another milkshake. I'm like, okay, something's going on here. <laughs> so someone else at a different table asked him, like, hey, what's what's going on there? That's pretty impressive. So apparently they had six different milkshakes on the menu. And you, so you have to drink all of them? If you drink five of the six, you get the last one for free, which I don't know why anybody would want to do that. But he was going for the record. Someone had drank all six before. No one had had seven. So he was going for the record. That sounds awful. So he drank number five and number six while we were there. And then he ordered number seven. Keep in mind, you, that this someone when someone across the, the aisle from him told him how impressive it was, he said, oh, by the way, I'm lactose intolerant. Interesting. Yeah. Lactose intolerant, drinking seven milkshakes. So, did he take like some anti-lac, like some? I don't know what he medicine? did, but his buddy also told us that they have an hour drive home. And There's he, no way. <laughs> he got up at one point and was like, "I got a shit," and I heard him walk to the bathroom. He came right back and sat down and goes, "Fuck, somebody's in there." So he may have shit his pants as well. That sounds just awful i'd make him lay in the bed of the truck on the way home there's no way like he i would he might be dead is there a home depot nearby because get a bucket nice big bucket and have him sit they did put a garbage can next to him to shit in no to throw oh. up in okay he did not throw up but anyway just eventful things happening all over all right let's do it time to lose some money i was uh two and three last week in college 27 and 24 overall what are you at now? 26 and 23? 26, 23, and 2. So you have a slight edge in the... In the percentages. I'm at okay. 531, and you're at 528 or 529. All right. So before I give you my picks, there was one game that we had talked about briefly before this. Florida State at Pitt. Pitt is plus 21.5. I don't even know how this is possible without the line moving. I don't even know which way I'm supposed to bet with this. 27% of the bets, 92% of the money. I don't even know how that's possible, which means someone is it's either someone or several someone's placing some large bets on Pitt and the casino not being worried about it because they're not moving the line. It's Yeah, that was a, a puzzling one because usually we had talked like you see 96% of the bets, it's 99% like 86, of the money. Like somewhere from between 80 and 95% of the yeah. money when it gets that high, but this is that's insane. So let's just, I'm not taking that game, but let's just keep an eye and see what happens. Okay. I think it's because Pitt got blasted last week, and maybe they're thinking like a Narduzzi bounce back. So, if Pitt just like wins outright, we we should just kill ourselves for not seeing the red flag and just <laughs> betting it. Anyway, all right, my plays: um, Texas A and M at Ole Miss plus three and a half. Twenty six percent of the bets, sixty percent of the money. I hate I hate this game. Um, Clemson at home plus three against Notre Dame. Twenty six percent of the bets, fifty one percent of the money. UAB at home against FAU plus two. Twenty six percent of the bets, fifty two percent of the money. Plus two. Oh, two and a half. Did you have two and a half? 
I, sorry, two. Yeah, it's two. Two, two. So I, I had one there earlier and yeah. then saw an update. And I actually put 12. Yeah, so. I'll take 12. <laughs> Cincinnati at home against UCF, plus three and a half. 18% of the bets, 53% of the money. That's a good one there. Uh, hate this one. Northwestern at home, plus five and a half against Iowa. 37% of the bets, 58% of the money. The only thing I do like about that is Iowa. I don't know how many points Iowa can actually score. So, so this is the lowest total in history. Is it? What is it? 20? I think it's 29 and a half. Oh, my God. At least it started at 29 and a half. So you know Gook's going to bet the under. Our buddy Frank or Goo is going to bet the under. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Southern Miss, minus two and a half against UL Monroe. 34% of the bets, 75% of the money. Big swing there. It's borderline. Borderline too much money. Uh, Georgia Southern at Texas State, minus two. Georgia Southern is minus two. 25% of the bets, 66% of the money. So seven plays this week. Stick to the method. There's a lot of good numbers out there, so I'm rolling with it. Fire away. I do, I do like, there's a lot of good picks here. I think I'm going to have a, a solid week. We're going with eight picks. You don't like it. You eight prefer the picks. odd. Great. Okay. I might pull one off, but we're gonna, we're gonna stick with the eight. Just go now. with eight. Go with eight. Uh, so tonight, Southern Alabama, Troy over forty five. Okay. Rutgers at home against Ohio State plus nineteen. Okay. Um, I don't think Ohio State's capable of blowing anyone out right now. I'd like it if that number is like twenty or twenty and a half. Yeah. So feel free if you're gonna follow that <laughs> to take it up if you want to. Uh, a couple monster overs that I. Not sure if I fully want to get into, but both these games have this high-scoring, poor defensive teams. South Florida, Memphis over 68.5. UTSA, North Texas over 71. The uh, continual pick pick of Florida State team total over uh, is at 36.5 right now. If you can move it, I'd probably move it down to like 34, 34.5 or 35. Uh, Kansas plus 2.5. Not sure why they're underdogs at uh, Iowa State, but I'll take Kansas. Marshall, App State, over 55 and a half. Got a and lot then, of over-unders today. Uh, Washington, minus three. Who's Washington got this week? At USC. Oh, boy. USC's defense. You've gone is, from USC team total every week to just, I hate USC and they suck. They're, they're def- I mean, so that over-under, I think, is like 77 right now. Are you holding a grudge against uh, Caleb Williams because he asked for ownership stake on a team when no, he No, I'm holding drafted? a grudge against their defense. Their defense is atrocious. Um, and I, I like. I think this is where uh, Penix takes full, full control of the Heisman race again. Interesting. Also, I think U of M is going to probably murder Purdue by like 50, but minus 33 is far too much. You like Purdue? No. Like, I think, like, in my head, like, Michigan's taking a lot of heat right now. They're probably just going to pound out Purdue. Well, they're at home. But I don't think, like, I can't in good conscience take minus 33 yeah. as a pick. Yeah. So They are at home and it's at night, but who knows, like, what happens if we get some flurries and snowy, you could have weird fumbles, like shit like that. It's, the high is like 56 on Saturday. You never the, know. With a low of like 40. You never know. So that 40 degree snow. It's not supposed to rain at all anymore this weekend. We're playing golf on Sunday. You should know the weather. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I was in. Uh, so I was in Nashville for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Should have went to a Vandy game. Uh, it was like 34 when yeah, I got it, up in it, the it morning. Get cold. It was like 70 on Sunday, and it's going to be 70 this weekend. Anyway, I said it can get cold. NFL plays. I got back on track. Oh, I forgot about your NFL. Four and one last week. You Three go. of the last four weeks, I went four and one. Besides my own five week. <laughs> I was gonna say, what was that? Uh, and the Chiefs, caveat? the Chiefs of all people in Denver, cost me my my five and zero. Oh. How dare you? So I am now twenty twenty one and one on the year. So we're going with five plays. I, f- I hate the board this week. There's a lot of good games, but a lot of games where I'm like, I have no idea which way it's going to go. Not a lines, not a lot of lines that I love, so it's a little bit different this week. I'm going with Pittsburgh tonight with the hook minus two and a half against the Titans. A lot of people like fell in love with what Will Levis did last week. A lot of checkdowns and a lot of just heaving the ball deep. That motherfucker has an arm, though. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that against the Steelers. I think the Steelers defense might just teach the rook a few things. So I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. 
Washington traded away their two best defensive players. So I think they're in full tank mode. I'm going to take New England with the hook to minus two and a half against Washington. Um, Cincinnati team total over 24 and a half against the Bills on Sunday. The Bills' three best defensive players are hurt. I don't really know. In the, return, the, the return of Linville Joseph, though. But with the way the Bengals rolled against the Niners, like the Bills' defense is nowhere near what the Niners' defense is, and the Bengals like pretty easily move the ball. Yep. Yeah, Burrow, Burrow finally looks healthy. So I'm going to say over 24.5 points for them. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers on, I don't know if that's Sunday night or, I think it's Monday night. I'm going to take them minus 3.5 at the Jets. The Jets' offense has just been putrid. I think, like, they have well, people figured out what, like, Zach Wilson wants to do. They and, average, like, one touchdown a game. Offensive yeah. touchdown. I mean, their defense is really fucking good, but I just think Herbert can do enough to win that game by four. Unless Brandon Staley decides to fuck himself in the face and he's blow, he's blow really that game. fucking himself in the face. And then dip of the week. Uh, over 43.5 in the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. Uh, the Niners move the ball pretty easily with a couple bad turnovers that cost them some points. So I see this game going over, that dip number. And then Cleveland against the seemingly quarterbackless Cardinals. Like... Kyler Murray just came back last week, so if he plays, I can't imagine he's going to be all that sharp, especially against that Cleveland defense. I they're starting Clayton Toon. Exactly. So, eight and a half is probably safe. I'm going to dip it just in case the Kevin Stefanski decides to fuck himself in the face. Okay. But you could say that maybe as a Dick Rambone special, but... I really hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. But those are the plays. Five plays. That's all I got. All right. Best of luck to all. Best, Best of luck. luck to us in this uh, golf outing. I'll see you at the No Pin Open. Keep an eye out again on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and threads at 100 underscore keep it under for some content there. And uh, as always, keep it under 100. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links, when you take out a club and you about to hit a swing, what you gonna do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under hundred. 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 We keep it under a hundred.